Awesome. Well, good morning. And I, I, know it's, I know that tomorrow is February, but I still feel like I, because I haven't been out yet yet, I want to say Happy New Year, even though we're a whole month in. Happy New Year. It's great to see you this morning. And if I haven't had the chance to, to meet you yet, my name's John Owen, and I'm one of the team here at Life Church. And it's great to be able to be with you out here at Life Church Selwyn. And I trust that you've managed to have a, you know, a great holiday break. That over the, over the last month or so that you've managed to, to get a chance to go away, maybe you're still on that break, and either way, it's just wonderful to be able to gather together as the church family, isn't it? We're going to come together, worship God, and hopefully you've, you've had a chance or you've taken a chance to reflect on the past 12 months, because it has been quite a crazy 12 months if we look back to this time last year, but... I suppose I want to encourage you, if you haven't taken the chance yet, to take the chance to reflect on the 12, past 12 months, not so much on the activities of the world, but on your heart. And I hope that you've been able to see God's faithfulness in your life over this past year. I know that I have, despite struggles, despite difficulties, despite pain, God is a faithful God. He is a wonderful, gracious God, and he will continue to be that into this new year. And I don't know about you, but I'm constantly in awe with how good and patient God is towards us. No matter how many times I feel like I've let him down, or I've lost my footing, or I've missed the mark, he is still the same gracious, loving father that he faithfully proves to be. And I know that God is going to continue to do great things into this new year, and in fact, a new decade. We get to start a new decade, and he's going to continue to advance his kingdom and his plans and his purposes. His church is going to continue to grow, and you and I get to be a part of that this year. We each have a role to play in seeing the things that God is going to do come to pass. You know, it's going to be an exciting year, even just to think about the life of the church. We've got a new campus coming up later this year, all sorts of exciting things And so as we start this year, I want to ask you a question. Who are you? Who are you? And what I'm asking is not so much what your name is, not what your nationality is, not where you came from, not what your skin color is, not what you do for work, not where you were educated, not what your financial situation is, but where does your identity lie? What defines who you are? Who are you? Because what defines you determines the way you face life. What defines you determines the way you react to situations, the way you treat other people. What defines you determines the way you will face this new year because ultimately it defines and determines your self-worth, whether you see yourself as something of value or not. You know, our confidence and our security is directly connected to our sense of self-worth and value. And so I have to ask myself this question regularly, who is Jono? Who is Jono? What gives me value? Because Jono is a lot of different things. I'm a, I'm a male. I'm a Kiwi. I'm white. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I'm a leader. I'm a bit of a technology fan, I'm a fashion fan, I'm a fast food and a coffee fan. And it would be easy for me for those things to sort of creep in and start to define me, but ultimately they cannot form my identity. 
They can describe aspects of my life, but they cannot be my identity because my identity is what gives me value and self-worth. If my identity was that I was a Kiwi, then what happens when New Zealand does something that I don't like? If my identity is wrapped up in my job or my function, then what happens if that is taken away? If my identity is wrapped up in my performance and the outcomes that I can achieve, maybe the grades I can get, what happens when I don't perform well enough? What, how, what happens when the outcomes are not what I wanted? Those things can change in an instant. And so therefore their value can change in an instant. And so if my identity, the thing that gives me confidence and security is wrapped up in those things, the moment something changes, the way I see myself, the way I value myself changes as well. And you know, being a youth pastor, I can see this a lot sometimes in our and our young people, particularly in this day and age around academics, where there seems to be just this immense pressure to achieve well, to do the best they absolutely can, to get above and beyond, that every single person has got to be an A-plus student. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting good grades. There's nothing wrong with trying your best, but what seems to happen at that age is they can't seem to make the link, and it starts to become an identity crisis for them that my, my value, whether I'm worth something, whether I'm valuable or not, is wrapped up in whether I can get the best grade. And often that isn't the case. We don't always get the best grade. And so things can start to crumble. Our identity must be founded on something that is unshakable, unchanging, solid, firm. My identity must be that I am a chosen son of the most high God known and loved by him before the creation of the world, created intimately by him, placed here on this earth for a plan and a purpose, and now through Christ, saved and redeemed, justified and made right, my sins are forgiven and washed away. And so I know that one day I will stand in the throne room of heaven, beholding God in all his glory, worshiping him for all eternity, knowing that I am loved and accepted by him. That is my identity. That is where my value comes from because none of those things can be taken away. God's love for me remains the same regardless of what I've done, where I was born, what gender I am, what the color of my skin is, what my job is, where I live, what I drive. None of those things change the fact that I am a son of God, loved unconditionally by him. And in fact, the Bible tells us that now in Christ, in Galatians 3, it says, now in Christ, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, New Zealander or Australian or American, slave or free, employed or unemployed, rich or poor, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his ears. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. In Christ, those things no longer define us. They are not the things that give us eternal value. What gives you eternal value is that you are made in the image of God, that we are his sons and his daughters. And he proved that value to us by sending his son to the cross. And of course, like any good father, God wants the best for us. So I can't use my status as his son to do whatever I like. It's not a license to live however I want to because there are still consequences for my actions because he knows there are things that are detrimental to my life, but it doesn't change the foundational truth 
that when God looks at me and when he looks at you, his heart responds with love. But as I'm sure you're aware, the way that God sees us and the way that we see ourselves often do not align. I mean, take Gideon, for example, who we find in Judges chapter 6. This is before Israel had a king. It was a few generations after they had uh, left Egypt. They were in the land of Canaan now, and they, for the most part, they turned away from following God. They started worshipping and following the, the gods of the nations around them. And so they were under attack from their enemies. And we find Gideon here in Judges chapter 6. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And so here we find Gideon hiding in a well, threshing wheat so that the enemy wouldn't find him. You know, his friends and his family would have been out defending the land. They would have been out fighting the enemy as he should have been. He was an able-bodied man. It was his duty to protect his family, protect their land, to protect their food and go out and fight the enemy. Yet here he is hiding and an angel of God appears to him and calls him a mighty hero. It's a decent compliment. I don't know about you, but I would think I'd, I'd feel pretty chuffed to have an angel of God appear to me and call me that. But listen to Gideon's response. It tells us a lot about how he saw himself. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Doubt, questioning, lack of faith, lack of self-confidence. How can I do this? I'm the weakest in my family, and my family is the weakest in the tribe, and the tribe is weak. Yet God wasn't looking at Gideon's outward appearance. He wasn't looking at his current situation. God was looking at the potential inside of him. God was looking at the potential that he had put inside of Gideon, and he was calling that out. Gideon couldn't see it because his identity wasn't that he was a son of God. His identity was where he came from, his family, his history, maybe his shame, maybe in his timidity, maybe in his weakness, maybe in his past mistakes, yet God knew that Gideon was more than those things. And if you've read the story, you'll know that Gideon went on to defeat Israel's enemies and eventually became one of Israel's greatest leaders before the king's mighty hero. The Lord is with you. Gideon would never have become who he was meant to be without having a stable identity in God. It was that that gave him the courage to step out in faith, to stand firm because he knew that God was with him. And you know, if, if we're wanting 2021 to be our 
greatest year yet. One of the best ways we can do that is ensuring our identity is firmly placed in God. That your identity, that your value, that your self-worth, your security, your confidence comes from knowing that you are a child of God, that you have been made in His image and that you are loved by Him, that that value needs to come from the way that He sees you this year. Because I want to give you a little snippet of how God sees you. This is just a little bit of how the Bible describes you and I. That you are a friend of Jesus. You are justified and redeemed. You are no longer a slave. You have been set free. You are a co-heir with Christ. God is with you. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. You are triumphant. You are a new creation. You have been made new. You are blessed. You are talented. You are gifted. You are known by name. You are unique. Your life has a plan and a purpose. You are accepted as you are. You are a prized possession. You are chosen. You are appointed for such a time as this. You are anointed. You are God's masterpiece. You are forgiven. You are loved and great greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are a child of God. That is your identity. That is how God sees you. Let that be your foundation in 2021. Because when that is your foundation, you can walk through life with your head held high. You can face mountains and giants before you because you know you're a child of God. You can walk through difficulties, you can walk through struggles because you know that God goes with you. You don't need to run to the quick fixes that the world offers because you know all that you have access to in Christ. I'm not going to let that person get me down. I'm not going to let that situation hold me back. I'm not going to let that outcome disappoint me. I'm not going to engage in that activity. I'm not going to lower myself to that level. I am a child of the King. I am known by God. I am loved by Him. I am His masterpiece. I am His prized possession. I'm living with the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. That is who I am. And when you have your identity in God, there's an incredible peace that comes. There's a peace because now you're standing on something that is truly stable, unshakable, unchanging. Your foundation is secure, which gives you the ability to build a better structure on top. You know, if your foundation isn't secure, then anything else that is built on that is also not stable. And so you want to make sure that the foundation you build your identity on is stable and secure, and the only true foundation is Christ. And that brings a wonderful sense of peace. And I think you'll agree with me that that is something we are all going to need a little bit more of this year. If we could have a little bit more of just one thing, it's peace. Peace in our hearts and minds. You know, as you'll know, this world is in need of peace. People are at each other's throats. Tensions are high. But the sad reality is, is that this world cannot find true peace without Christ. You know, Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a peace the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The peace that we have is a peace the world cannot access without Christ. It is a gift from Him. And you know, Paul the Apostle says in Philippians 4 that the peace God gives exceeds anything we can understand. Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. 
then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's that sense of having your identity in Christ. As you live in Christ Jesus, that is the kind of peace that we need. It's the kind of peace that we want. But notice what Paul prefaces that peace with. Prayer. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then you will experience God's peace. Then you will have peace. Then your mind will be settled. Then your heart will be calm. If you want peace, pray. If you want stability, pray. If you want courage, pray. If you want calm, pray. If you want authority, pray. If you want faith, pray. If you want godly outcomes, pray. Prayer is the vessel for peace because it is a gift the world cannot give. It's a spiritual gift that only God can give us. You know, I can't wait for open heaven next week, February the 3rd on Wednesday night, where we're going to be packing out the town hall. Two and a half thousand people to pray over our great city and our nation. And I know it's going to be a really significant time as the church comes together for a night like that. It's going to be a great night as we come together, not just our church, but the church of Christ Church, to pray, to seek God, to worship Him in our town hall, packing it out with two and a half thousand people. And so I can't, if you've got tickets, I can't wait to see you there. Unfortunately, it is actually sold out now, which is pretty exciting. And so if you weren't able to get there this year, make sure you get a ticket for next year because it is going to be such a significant time. You know, one of the amazing things about the church is unity. We can have differences in in all kinds of different things, but when we have Christ at the center, that unifies us, and I think that means that exciting things can happen as we pray together. If the band would like to come and join me now. Now, in order to be a church that continues to build, in order to be a follower of Jesus that can stand strong in the midst of everything going on, In order to be the people that God needs us to be, in order to be people of peace, we have to have our identity right. We have to have our foundation secure. Because things in life will change. Things will move. We saw that proven last year. And so in order for you and I to be effective, we have to have the courage, we have to be able to have the courage and the strength, even in the midst of when things change even in the midst of when things shift, in the midst of when things are uncertain. And you're standing on a secure foundation. You have peace, you can have strength, you can have stability, you can have authority, because even when everything around you might be going crazy, you know that you've got authority in Christ, that the one who is with you has all authority. And the truth is, is that this is something you have to revisit all the time. Unfortunately, it's not something that we can just sit and forget. It's an area that we've got to keep checking in on. Where does my value come from? Where does my worth come from? What defines who I am? When people ask me, who are you? What is the response of my heart? What defines me? Who are you? If you're able, would you stand with me this morning? You know, why not make the decision at the start of this year to place your trust back in God? To help 
ask Him to help Him seal your identity back in Him. Ask Him for a renewed sense of how He sees you, how He feels about you. You know, some of you might be feeling like Gideon was, worthless, helpless, ashamed. I want to remind you this morning that that is not God's perspective on you. Those things don't define who you are and they don't define whose you are. And in fact, I really feel that as a word for someone this morning. You've been believing lies about who you are. You've allowed the enemy's voice to taint your perception of yourself. I want to encourage you this morning. That's not God's perception of you. You heard before the things the Bible describes about you. You are a child of God. Nothing can take that away. Nothing can remove that. Bible says that His love for you and I is greater than the, how wide the ocean is, how deep it is, and nothing can separate us from His love. Well, perhaps you're here this morning and you wouldn't say you have a relationship with God at all. You've never experienced God's love. You've never experienced His grace over your life. If that's you, I can tell you that following Jesus is the greatest decision you could ever make. Not only does it secure you eternity in heaven after you leave this earth, but it fulfills that deep sense of longing that I know is in the depths of your heart. You were designed to know God and to know His unconditional love for you. The Bible tells us there's nothing that could separate you from God's love. Nothing you've done, no action you've taken, no matter what lifestyle you've lived, His love and His grace are available to you. Following Jesus gives you a life of purpose, a life of hope, a life of joy, a life of love. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'd like to make the decision this morning to start following Jesus, or maybe you've sort of recognized that maybe you haven't been living in a way that you should, if that's you this morning, I just ask you just raise your hand. Just lift up your hand because I would like to pray for you in a moment. Cool, I can see their hand. You can put that one down. Thank you. And so if that's you this morning, I'm just going to read this prayer out loud and I ask that you just repeat this either out loud or in your heart and your spirit as I pray it. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive my sins and I turn away from them now. I accept you as Lord and Savior and I choose to follow you and your ways for the rest of my life. I open my heart to you today. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want to congratulate you and say welcome to the family. It's the best decision you could ever make and we want to make sure that we connect with you after the service so that we can help you in your next steps. And so make sure you make yourself known either down at the Church Life Station or Julie or one of the team here so that we can help start you off on the right track. But God bless you, church. I know this year is going to be an exciting year. And amongst all the unknowns, I want you to know that your identity is that you're a son of God. You're a child of God. You're a daughter of the King. His love for you is unconditional. Nothing can change that. Let's worship that God together this morning.